Good morning, everybody, and welcome to our service of worship for Bible Sunday. This is the Sunday when Bible societies around the world encourage us to focus on the Bible. And so the opening call to worship is one that has been provided by Bible Society. Come, let us meet today with the glorious Lord who made us, redeemed us, and is setting us free. Let us open our ears to learn from his word, lift our voices to worship and celebrate our God, open our hearts to receive Christ's love, and our beings to be empowered by the Spirit's freedom. In Jesus' name, Amen. We come to God with our prayers of approach, and again, these are the prayers supplied by the Bible societies. Lord and Father of Jesus, our great Saviour and Liberator, thank you for the freedoms you lavish on us. The freedom to be called your children, the freedom to meet as your people drawn from many backgrounds, ages, and races. The freedom to hear your word in our language and to grasp what it means to know and follow you. The open door your forgiveness gives us to start again when we fall short of all that you want us to be. Let's take a moment of quiet to recall the times when we have misused the freedom God gives us, chosen to follow our own ways rather than God's ways. Forgive us, Lord, for the times that we have misused our freedom. Forgive us where we have hurt others rather than set them free. Forgive us where, through fear or laziness, we have held back from freely serving you. Forgive us where we have turned aside to things that promise much, but only enslave us. By your spirit of freedom, help us to turn from all those things that are wrong and mar your image in us. Set us free to know what true freedom means and to live fully in the glorious freedom of the children of God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I thought it would be really good this morning for us to hear the Bible in some other languages. I'm not sure whether all of my planned readers are here, but hopefully the majority of them are. And it does actually tell us on the order of service, the order they're going to come and read and the language in which they're going to read for us. And I've just asked these people to choose a short, significant passage to read it for us in their own language or the language of their nation in one case, which may not be their first language. And then just very briefly in one minute to say why this verse is significant for us. And my final reader is just walking through the door now. So there we go. God is incredibly gracious. Well done. Okay, so we're going to have our five readings in non-English languages. 
So if you'd just like to come up in the order you are and share those with us, that'd be great. Good morning, church. I'm reading from uh, the gospel according to Matthew, chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. So that's what uh, you'll be hearing in Chi, in Ghanaian language. Okay. Let's hear the word of God. Matthew Asempa Tinum Chichemu Dumiensa Ekosi Dunsia Yenti Radiasem Muni Asa Sison Chain Nasa Enchinu Yurani Da Dena Wadipashan on Chain Enye Mashri Ribim Ajise Wushiegu Nanipa Tiasso Muni Riasi Hai Crow are a dark paper so Crow are a dark paper so Crow are a dark paper so so into me eh, in town. Na one so can near and far and share crew, I say. Na emun what the sea can near Giasso. Na a shrine am a one will walk a dining moon in a Sarah na mumma mokania and shrine in Nipermo. Na when who more na when who more near ya pa. Na washemu a jar or was sorrow no any Amen. <laughs> oh, I chose this verse because it's, uh, it talks about the salt and the light. And as Christians, if we are salt, salt is tasting all our meals. And so we should, be t- uh, uh, we, uh, we should be like a taste to others who are not even Christians. We should be good to them and sweet to, uh, and sweet to them as well. And I chose the light because uh, you can't light a light and hide it under a table or a chair. That's how we Christians should light up our lives for the world to see that we are Christian, and this is what we stand for in our Christianity. That's why I chose that. Good morning. Good morning. I'm reading from Psalms, the book of Psalms, Psalm 8 in Yoruba, a Nigerian language. Oluwa, Oluwawa, Orukoreti Nito, Nibuye, Latin Wamawa, Atiomoki Kere, Ni Watimu Agbara, Latida, and Watalenmo, Nibatimu Wisha Ware, Irawa, Atio Shupa, T. Watisha, Tani and Yon, T. Wafi. Oluwa Oluwawa I chose this psalm uh, because it says it shows us how great the name of the Lord is in all the world. Not just a part of the world, but everywhere. So the name of the Lord is great everywhere in the whole of the world, irrespective of who you are, where you're from. That's why I chose Psalms 8, and it's important to me. Thank you.
Um, I will be reading from the book of Matthew, uh, chapter 5, from verse 1 to 16, the beginning of the Beatitudes. I'll be reading in Swahili. Basi Yesu alipoona makutano, alipanda mlimani akaketi chini, nao wanafunzi wake wakamjia. Ndipo akaanza kwa fundisha akisema, Wanaheri walio maskini wa roho, maana hawa ufalme wa mbinguni ni wao. Wanaheri wale wanaohuzunika, maana hawa watafarijiwa. Wanaheri walio wapole, maana hao watarithi inchi. Wanaheri wenye njaa na kiu ya haki, maana hao watatoshelezwa. Wanaheri wenye huruma, maana hao watapata rehema. Wanaheri walio na moyo safi, maana hao watamuona Mungu. Wanaheri walio wapatanishi, maana hao wataitwa wana wa Mungu. Wanaheri wanaoteswa kwa sababu ya haki, maana hao ufalme wa mbinguni ni wao. Mnaheri ninyi watu wanapowashtumu na kuwatesa na kunena dhidi yenu mabaya ya aina zote kwa u, kwa uongo kwa ajili yangu. Furahini na kushangilia kwa maana thawabu yenu ni kuu. I love the Beatitudes because they're simple lessons for living. Good morning. I'm going to be reading in French this morning. I hope you'll forgive my Quebec accent. <laughs> um, and I'm reading from the book of Micah, chapter 6, verses 6 to 8. Qu'est-ce que je dois offrir quand je me mets à genoux devant le Seigneur de, de Dieu, le Dieu très haut? Est-ce que je dois lui offrir des jeunes taureaux et des brûlés entièrement en sacrifice? Est-ce que le Seigneur veut des milliers, des béliers, des milliers et des milliers de torrents d'huile? Est-ce que je dois offrir mon, mon fils aîné pour qu'il pardonne mes fautes et mes infidélités? Le Seigneur te fait savoir ce qui est bien. Voici ce qu'il demande à tout, tout être humain. Faire ce qui est juste, aimer agir avec bonté et vivre avec son Dieu dans la simplicité. And I've chosen this because I think in the myriad of expectations of life, it's one of the verses that helps me to center on remembering to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. Good morning. My name is Monica. I'm from South Korea. And South Korea and North Korea are having the same word, uh, language in Korean. So I'm reading uh, the Bible, Habakkuk, chapter 3, verses from 17 to, through 19. 무화과 나무에 무화과가 없고, 포도 나무에 포도가 없고, 올리브 나무에 거줄 것이 없고, 밭에 거줄 곡식이 없으며, 우리의 양이 없고, 외양간에 소가 없더라도, 나는 여호와 때문에 기뻐하겠습니다. 나를 구원하시는 하나님을 즐거워하겠습니다. 주 여호와는 나의 힘이십니다. 내 발을 사슴의 발과 같게 해주셔서 가파른 산 위에도 다닐 수 있게 하십니다. Um, why I choose these uh, verses? Because the writer talking about his struggle, empty hand. You know, everybody has struggle and difficulty, but we rejoice in our 
uh, our God because He's our Savior, uh, our God, and He's always with us. That's the reason I choose. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed those readings and the reasons why they were chosen. And I think it's a salutary lesson for some of us to hear the Bible read in a language we can't understand and to hear the rhythm of it and somehow to be touched by it, even though if they're unfamiliar passages, we may not have a clue what's being said. We are privileged, those of us who have English as a first language, to have endless choices of Bible to pick from. It does us good to hear the Bible in languages where maybe there is only one translation of the word that brings freedom. The final reading is uh, Luke chapter 4, verses 16 to 24, on page 78. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, and the power of the Holy Spirit was with him. The news about him spread throughout all that country. He taught in the synagogues and was praised by everyone. Then Jesus went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath he went as usual to the synagogue. He stood up to read the scriptures and was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has chosen me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed and announce that the time has come when the Lord will save his people. Jesus rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant and sat down. All the people in the synagogue had their eyes fixed on him and as he said to them, this passage of scripture has come true today as you heard it being read. You're not going to get a full-length sermon this morning, and I don't actually think there's a need for a full-length sermon, having heard people share with us from Scripture passages that are significant for them and why. But what I'm going to try to do is to draw together some of what we've been thinking about the last few weeks, and also some of what we've heard about this morning from Bible Society and from those who have shared these readings with us. We recall where we started a couple of weeks ago that Jesus is God's word incarnate, a living, breathing message straight from the heart of God's very being. And so when Jesus read the words from Isaiah at the synagogue in Nazareth, They came alive in a whole new way because they were fulfilled in his ministry, in his life. It wasn't just that a prophecy came true in a sense of some words being fulfilled, but those words that he read were the words he lived. His life and his words were as one. They found a new way of living as Jesus spoke them. And 2,000 years later, as we come to read the Bible, read the stories of Jesus and read stories from the Old Testament, we remember, as we discovered last week, 
But those people aren't so different from us, are they? It's interesting how many people came to me last week after we looked at those heroes of faith and then what the Bible actually said about them. How much people had found it encouraging to discover that the people in the Bible weren't actually quite so perfect after all. We read stories of people like us and we are faced with the mystery and the challenge of what it means for us to be the body of Christ here and now. Because that's one of the ways we talk about the church as the body of Christ. So if we are the body of Christ, it is our words, our actions and our attitudes that speak or fail to speak the word of God in our generation. What we do, what we say, and what we think is how people perceive God, because we claim to be believers in Christ and together to be, as old children's song says, God's Christ's hands and feet in the world. He has no hands but my hands, he has no feet but my feet, as the little song used to say all those years ago. What I want us to do for a little moment or two is to think about the work of the various Bible societies around the world who work together to make scripture available. This work began, I love this, in a pub. Do you notice how often God starts things in pubs? It's quite interesting. A group of people met in a pub in London to start the work that became the Bible Society. And they have done an amazing work already, but they also know how much there is still to be done. On your seat when you came in, you got a little slip of paper with some information that I've pulled together from the the Bible Society websites. In the world, there are around 6,900 known languages. Of those, around about 2,261 have at least some parts of the Bible available. I guess that's an accurate figure because presumably the Bible societies know how much translation they've done. 2,600 or thereabouts with it in there with something in it. There are only 426 languages that have a complete Bible. Just over a thousand have the New Testament. And the 2,000 and odd includes people, languages that there might just be a book of the Bible, or a few selected passages in their own language. So there's more than half of the world's known languages that do not have any part of the Bible in them yet. But to be fair, we need to recognise that different numbers of people speak different languages. If you include second languages, English is the most widely spoken language globally, And I think that makes those of us who have English as a first language rather lazy. But it's also fair to say that there are very many people in the world who have nothing of the Bible in their first language. Everything they hear or read about God and about Jesus is mediated by a second language or a third language or a fourth or a fifth language. I was talking to somebody last week, one of our overseas students, who was telling me that his father speaks one language, his mother speaks another language, they have a third language they use as home, as a kind of a common language, and none of those is the national language. Those of us who've only ever spoken English 
perhaps need a little bit of a wake-up call here. For so many people in the world, the Bible is only available in their umpteenth language, and they get one translation to pick from, not loads. Worldwide, roughly one person in six cannot read. And of course, proportionally, that is higher amongst people whose first language is a minority language. It's one of those things, isn't it? The, the poorer people, the people with less advantage, less opportunity, not only do they speak a minority language, but many of them cannot read. So a printed Bible wouldn't be a fat lot of use to them. But only around 200 languages have any part of the Bible in an audio format. It's fantastic that for blind people in this country, or people in this country who cannot read, you can buy an audio recording of the Bible being read for you. But that's the thing, you see. These audio recordings are in the languages of the affluent nations, the people who have access to MP3 players and CD players and tape recorders of goodness knows what. The people in poorer nations who cannot read probably don't have access to an audio recording either. For people who are blind and able to use Braille, the Bible exists in 30 languages. But this one may shock you. There is no sign language Bible in any country's sign language at all. And work in Britain to begin making a British sign language Bible began about five years ago. I actually know one of the people who's involved in that project. Five years in, I think they have managed to get a successful BSL version of one book of the Bible. It's a massive, massive project. Let's not fool ourselves. So how does all this stuff relate to what Jesus said at Nazareth, who came to give freedom to people in all conditions? To the poor, good news. To those held captive, liberty. How does that relate to making the Bible available in people's own languages? People who perhaps don't have access to education. People whose language is only spoken by a very small number of people. And where does that fit with a wider understanding of good news and freedom as practical matters? As bringing clean water, as bringing food, as bringing education, as bringing health. To those who are blind, sight. What does that mean for people who can't see when it talks about the Bible? What does it mean for people whose language has no written form? How is it they see or hear the good news of freedom? Somebody must go and tell them, and somebody must go and show them. The Bible societies have a vision of making available to as many people as possible the good news of the Christ who brings freedom for all. They're not stupid enough to think that all that matters is you give somebody a Bible, like an aspirin, to make it go away. Of course not. And they do not claim that providing the Bible overrides wider questions of poverty, injustice or prejudice. But they are inspired by the Christ who inspires social and spiritual concern. As he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
He has called me to bring good news to the poor. I wonder when the last time was you went in a bookshop of any description, or a Christian bookshop in particular, and there are whole shelves full of Bibles. You can get pink Bibles and silver Bibles and brown Bibles, ones with leather covers, ones with metal covers, ones with floppy covers. You can get red letter chain reference editions, if that's what you want. You can get a new revised standard version or a new international version or a message or a street Bible. And then there are those people in Tanzania who have just got one translation in their own language, which I can't even find written down. Sounds like something like Kikaguru. Apologies to anybody who doesn't know how to say it and spell it. And they are thrilled to have one version of the Bible to read. Because this book points them to the source of life and freedom and love. Do you know, it really saddens me that in this country people get their underwear entangled over which version of the Bible they're going to use and fight over which one is the true translation. And there are people who just long to hear what it says. And surely they've got it right. The people who want to focus on a story about life and freedom. Because that's what Jesus says here. I've come to bring good news, to announce freedom. And so we as people who take the Bible seriously and love this book and have favourite passages, we are called to play our part in sharing that with other people, whether by supporting the Bible societies financially or prayerfully, whether by going out and telling the good news, whether by reading and learning and having our lives transformed. Freedom and life are ours. For Christ has set us free. Now let us bring to God our prayers for others and for ourselves. Let us pray. O God our Father, on this Bible Sunday, we recall the words of the psalmist who said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And we know that your word has brought healing and peace and salvation to so many people all down the centuries throughout the whole wide world. We thank you that your written word continues to liberate us, showing us who you are, how you love us, how we should live, and what we can be. We give thanks for all those who have laboured in that great endeavour to make your word known by scholarship, translation, publishing and proclamation so that all the peoples of the world can know of your purpose for mankind as made known in the Old Testament and your saving power and grace supremely revealed in the Gospels of the New. As we unite here today as a gathered congregation with worshippers from many different parts of the globe, we have been made even more conscious of the universality of our faith which is lived out in so many diverse circumstances, and yet it is the one God and Saviour to whom we bring our praise and prayers and meditations at this time. 
We come with joy in our hearts for all the blessings we have received at your hand, for health and strength, for food and shelter, for meaningful work and the support of those who surround us. We give thanks for the benefits of education and health care and for all that enhances our lives in civil society. May we never take for granted the hard-fought gains of earlier generations and may we seek to build on the achievements of so many earlier pioneers who provided for us the life we now enjoy. And yet, O Lord, as we come to you today, we are conscious of the fact that many in this world have very few of the privileges and advantages which we take for granted. Because of advances in communication technology, we are ever more aware of the poverty, the pain, and the suffering of so many people. While we in the West measure our lives according to our possessions, our holidays, our comforts, our cars and our clothes, so many in other parts of the world have virtually no possessions, no home, very little food, and certainly no ready cure for their illnesses. Many have been ravaged by natural disasters, while others suffer the injustices of the world economic system or of corrupt regimes, and so the lives of the people become mere existence with little hope for the future. Lord, the Bible gives us these prophetic words of Amos, let justice flow like a stream and righteousness like a river that never goes dry. We would pray for the establishment of a more just world where every citizen has the right to enjoy the benefits of the world's bounty and where oppression and discrimination are wiped away. Help each one of us to play whatever part we can to bring about that new order and that fairer world. Lord God, some say that today we live in a post-Christendom era, especially in the West, where many of the old certainties of traditional faith and order have passed away. We are aware of the more strident voices of secularists, humanists and new atheists, and to some extent the apologists for our faith are on the ropes. We live in an increasingly godless nation where the church and its values are being challenged. And yet we believe that notwithstanding the apparent self-confidence of so many people, there is still a yearning in the human soul that seeks the assurance of faith and the knowledge of a loving Saviour who cares for each of us in all the changes and chances of life. So, dear Lord, we would pray for ourselves and for those we love. Despite our apparent poise, there is an angst in many a heart this day. We are perplexed by a confusing world, uncertain as to our future, worried about how we should live, doubtful about how we might cope if we find ourselves without a job, lost because of bereavement, disabled by illness, homeless because we cannot find or cannot afford anywhere to live, and feeling threatened by the many global challenges affecting the environment. Lord Jesus, some are hurting deeply this morning. In our minds and hearts are problems and issues about ourselves or our loved ones that we dare not speak of to anyone. But Lord, we know that you are our almighty God and that to you all hearts are open and no secrets are hidden. So help us to cast our burdens on you at this very time and may we put our hand into yours for you are the God who loves each and every one of us as if we were the only one to love. 
And so, dear Lord, the Father who has been revealed to us through your word and testimony in the Bible, may we now find that reality of your living presence in our hearts today. And may we go forth from here, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, and determined to love and to serve you faithfully in each and every day that lies ahead. Amen.